Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Final hour of the show on a Friday afternoon heading into game three of Suns Nuggets tonight from Footprint Center. I'm surprised we've gone this deep into the show, even though Wolf gave away his pick, I don't know, three days ago on Tuesday. But it's uh, right now it's time for a round of Kevin or Devin. Oh, man, for Kevin Durant. Looking for the right-hand jam. See the shots that I took. Like I'm it's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, I sincerely hope this is not the last Kevin or Devin of the year. Let's uh, let's get this like turned around the right way here. Yeah. All right, but uh, I guess we need to know the standings going into this. And, and clarification, we're going to make picks tomorrow off the air for Game 4 on Sunday. Okay, yes. But we're not going to make them both now because that would just be weird. So this yeah. is just for tonight's game, Aaron. So right now, I'm in the lead at 5-1. and one. Then it's Wolf at 4-2. and two. Luke, you made a good comeback. You're 3-3, three and three, and then Jesse's 2-4. and four. Ooh, okay. Okay. 500, there's nothing wrong with that base, Tony. It's just because you're 500 or, or less. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just go overall there's record. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm starting to sound like the Suns. I had a great regular season. Looking down your nose at people that are 500 or lower. Actually, I'm more like the Bucks. I had a great regular season. I have not shown up. Are you talking about the 80s Cardinals? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this Jesse, what's your point? And I can't believe Jesse. I called you Jesse. What? What's um, happening here? You know what I'm eating? That's my problem. So is Jesse. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm distracted because I can totally smell yeah, the brisket. Yeah, it's delicious food. But this it is, is. First of all, thanks to you for getting us all the food. Well, you know what? Uh, you're okay, Luke. And I, I, I was smart enough to put it behind me during the segment so I can't see it. Otherwise, right. this would be a disaster. Yes. Here's the fan duel numbers, okay? For Kevin Durant, the over-under is 29.5. For Devin Booker, the over-under is 30.5. Whoa! Now, I'm torn on this because when when we were talking on Tuesday after Game 2, I was 100% with you before you even said it, Wolf. Yeah, Kevin Durant's going to bounce back. I'm picking Kevin and Kevin or Devin. Man, this is a, a, a must-win game for the Phoenix Suns. I I don't want to go against Devin Booker at this point. So um, I'm not going to pick yet. I'm going to let you pick first. Okay. Um, you mean I'm going first? Sure. I don't know. Okay, just any right. of the three of any you. Of I don't care. Three. You can you can pass it to one of them. Matter of fact, um, Mal, why don't you go first since <laughs> you? Why don't you go first since you have? I'm the... literally struggling just like you look. All right, here, I got I got my answer. Then I'm going with Devin. <laughs> I'm going with Devin. What? I'm going with Devin. Because a great Kevin Durant game really could look like 32-11-9 or whatever I said before. I don't think Devin Booker is going to stop scoring tonight until the game ends. Well, how much of point book do you think they're going to run? Uh, yeah, that's a fair question. Yeah, probably a good amount. You know, is that going to hurt him? I don't think so. I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt him. I just think... I think Kevin Durant is going to go off tonight. The Slim Reaper comes out, metaphorically speaking, and he starts cutting everything and everyone around him down. Take out um, 
you better believe it. I this is what I think. I, I'm sorry. I think he scores forty. Well, or I mean, more. I remember the game against the Bucks two years ago. Remember, and they ended up losing Game Seven, but he put up forty eight in that game. <laughs> right. Would have had forty nine if he if he wasn't stepping on the three point line. Look, Kevin. Kevin may actually be the right answer, but I'm going to hate myself if I walk out of here not picking Devin in a game that the Suns' season's on the line. So I'm going with Devin. I think we're going to see Kevin Durant come out and metaphorically take the sickle out and just chop down the Denver Nuggets. Harvest the Denver Nuggets. Slim Reaper. Jesse? Katie's not going 10 for 27 tonight. I'm going Kevin Durant. There you go. Uh, just to be clear, I'm not picking Kevin Durant to go 10 for 27. I'm just taking the <laughs> well, guy. yes, you are, no, I'm Luke. not. <laughs> Declare I, one I, of the I other. Gave you, I gave you Katie's numbers. What did I say? 32, Kevin, 11, and 9 Devin before. Kevin, Devin, or 3 for 11. Uh, well, no, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, though. All right. Uh, I took it from Luke a while ago. You're going to have to make a pick now. I know. I just feel like... I'm having a hard time not picking Booker because last year and what happened last year at home, and he yeah. probably will take this personally. That's the thing. That's. But logic. it's not a game seven. It's not an elimination game. It's that game three, you know, no Chris Paul. So I think I'm going to go Kevin. All right. Now, you know what? Honestly, wow. that's what I want. I want you all to take Kevin. Okay, good. Because that way I make well, up ground on, on, right. on all of you. That's right. I don't need to make up ground on Rick. But or, if you're wrong, well, now you're going to be you know low five. There's, there's no shame in picking. Devin Booker with the Suns' season on the line at home. Yeah. I, not, I, I feel like I was born in Arizona. But the season is not on the line tonight. The it season is. will be on the line on Sunday if they don't win tonight. It's on the line tonight. It's on the line. I'm sorry. If we had Devin Booker on right now, he would tell you the season's on the line tonight. I hope. Otherwise, I'm going to be below 500, and I'm going to have to hear about it from Wolf. See, I would have to. I would have to hear that come out of Book's mouth that the season is on the line tonight. Before I'd go, Devin. Man, they better all feel that way. I just think 10 of 27, I think Rick said it the best. 10 of 27, there's no way in the world the Slim Reaper is going to shoot like that again. You know where you it's guys... It's going to happen. It, but a, that's true. 2 of 12 and, from beyond the arc. And B, and this is where I think you guys may get me on this tonight, is um, KD's going to get to the free throw line. Because that's something he can look at in the first two games and be like, that's stupid. I, I He averages eight and a half attempts for his career in the playoffs. And he makes about eight and a half of those eight and a half attempts. Like the guy hits all his free throws. He talked yesterday about how to increase those opportunities. We could have drove more. We could have drove more. That's just probably the solution. Can't rely on nothing else. And just, just get to the paint more and try to get the best of the sports. Uh, and that's, that's really usually what it is. So. The more and more we move the ball and get the defense swinging, we can get some driving lanes, and you know, who knows, we might get to the free throw line. There it is right there. You didn't actually come out and say, I'm going to put the ball on the floor and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to get to the free throw line 15 plus times. He but did that's speak. Exactly. In, he was speaking in terms of we, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. That's, but to me, that's what I think is going to happen tonight. Um, he did earlier in the week say he liked the shots, right, after game two. I mean, for the most part, they were pretty pretty good shots. I, I, I don't even remember who we talked to. I think it was Kellen this week. Um, you don't really guard Kevin Durant. That's that's why I was like, when I was reading that Denver Post story earlier, I was just kind of laughing. Aaron Gordon's done a really good job. Yeah. He's been an offensive problem for the Suns. You, 
you don't guard Kevin Durant. Either he's making his shots or he isn't. And he got good looks in game two. They just weren't going in. And so they asked him yesterday, you know, did you went back and watched the film now? Did that confirm what you were thinking, that you had good looks? Yeah, we got some solid looks. We got some good looks. And so it's, and sometimes we could have made some extra passes as well. But that's just a part of the game. It's a part of watching film and going back and making adjustments. But for the most part, I like I, I like the shots we put up and hopefully we knock them down next game. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about Chris Paul and why I think they're going to miss Chris Paul. Um, there are looks and then there are good looks. And I think Chris Paul gives a lot of his teammates good looks. He does. The vast majority of the time does a great job moving it. It's one of the reasons why the flow offensively is going to be a little stagnant um, once again without Chris Paul in the lineup. So, you know, to me, there are looks and there are good looks in. And CP3 gives you those good looks. He does, and that's something to watch tonight, certainly across the board. I would maintain that KD, for the most part, can get good looks most games anyway just because of how big he is and how unique he is. But you're right, for everybody else... And it certainly doesn't hurt KD to have Chris Paul out there, too. That's one of those things where, as you said earlier, if people are just looking at the box score, oh, he only had 19 points in the first two games, Chris Paul. How much of a loss is it? It's a loss. It it allows everybody else on the team to get much clearer looks and much better spacing on the floor when you have Chris Paul out there. So campaign's got a lot of responsibility. We need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for Game 3 and Game 4. Text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game three and game four tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. That's ticket to 620-620. All right, what specifically has to happen? What are the steps tonight for the Suns to win this game and get back in the series against the Nuggets? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. This is lit. I feel like this is lit. What do you mean? Like the actual band. Oh, okay. Um, They're going to be opening for uh, Blink-182 at the concert (laughs) you're going to have to go to, Wolf. Do we have the results of that poll question, by the way, if we have any sort of updates? Yeah, I can get it. So, I mean... Wolf, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're just not in the majority here. So, 313 people have voted. 64.5% prefer Blink-182. Okay. Tool, 35.5%. Okay, there you go. 35.5%. You know what, Tool fans, we need to hear you. We need to hear from you right now. So, what exactly, how, how do they vote on this, Mal? The Wolf and Luke Twitter page. Ah, how do, do you want to refresh how this came about? Aaron played Blink-182 really, earlier, and you oh, were like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is fine, but it's not Tool. Yeah, it's not Tool. Exactly right. We all know, especially Maynard, living up in Jerome, Arizona. Arizona native, of course. Maybe Tool fans haven't got to vote as much because they're listening to 17-minute songs, and so they don't have the time to walk over and Okay, he's not a phone. native, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. Maynard's not a native. But he's lived here a long time. <laughs> You're okay, right. maybe not a long time. <laughs> we maybe we need to define that. But he is a Jerome resident, Jerome, Arizona. Is he cheering for the Suns tonight? That's the real question. Has he lived yeah, here long enough? For that's that? a great question, right there. I have no idea, but right now I know we will be, won't we? 
All right, so let's let's get into this now. We've kind of we've danced around it all week, but specifically now, this is your last. Uh, not your last chance, but we're running out of show here before game three tonight. So let's get into the, the hard and fast what actually has to happen tonight for the Suns to win. Let's just put together a list as a show right now, okay? Okay, that's good. I like it. Uh, we got to have a bounce back performance from Kevin Durant. I've maintained that he wasn't bad in game two, but his shooting wasn't. His shooting wasn't even good by good player standards, especially Kevin Durant standards. So you got to have to win this game tonight. Katie's got to be efficient, and he's probably got to put up 30. Okay, um, that's what you're going to start with. I'll start with the team collectively, and I'll start with the defensive end of the floor. The, the Suns need to come out and play their best game so far of this series on the defensive end of the floor. That's what they need to do. That is their foundation. That's got to be their foundation going forward. The best effort, their best game... Technically, schematically, physically, has got to be on the defensive end of the floor tonight. Start with that. How much better in your mind does it have to be than it was in Game Two? Because I feel like I think if, Game Two is fine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If they if they can deliver the same defensive performance, now I don't know that you can basically make Jamal Murray a non-factor for three quarters. If you can, by all means, do it. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's asking too much. But if if you can hold Denver to ninety-seven points again. I think they would take that. Denver finishes this game with 97 points. I'll take my chances that the Suns can find a way to get 98. Yeah, you know, Jokic, of course, the Joker went off in Game 2 right there. And I think that might be the strategy as well. Um, Try to stop everybody else. You know what I mean? Take away his passing. That's such a huge asset. Just try to stop everybody else. Jokic is going to get his points. It's kind of like Game 1. Game one, you know, he really, he didn't, I don't want to say struggled. That's that's not what happened. Um, he just didn't play from a shooting percentage. He didn't play as well in game one as he did in game two. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think the Suns were fine with it. If you almost look at, Jokic gets, he had 39 points in game two, but Jamal Murray has 10, and these other guys around him that would have gotten points because of how good of a passer he is and how much he sucks the defense over to him and then makes the pass, It's um, you, he can have his 39 points. Yeah. As long as nobody else is getting their points. Uh, I'll give you another one for the Suns. In Which fact, is one of the reasons why they scored 97 in that game absolutely. as well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I would I would argue maybe it was the biggest reason. Um, Monty Williams talking about the, uh, the lineup and the adjustments. He has... He has certainly hinted that we're going to see Terrence Ross and or T.J. Warren. It sure sounds like campaign is starting tonight. Here's Monty on all that. We're hopeful that a few adjustments to the lineup, not just campaign, but uh, a couple of the guys that play in .5, space the floor a little bit more, can help us. But for sure, campaign, his ability to get down the floor uh, and get into stuff um, quickly, certainly helps. It, it really helps when you're able to get the stops like we did in the first half where I don't think we gave up an offensive rebound. Uh, we gave up five in the third quarter, and that kind of slowed us down a little bit. So once we get the ball, to your point, guys like Cam can get down the floor, and even Book, Kevin for that matter. Uh, I don't think we've had as many hit-ahead passes. Uh, 
like we did in the Clippers series. So we have to be cognizant of that and try to get the ball down there with the pass. Uh, not only dribbling the ball, but maybe the pass is a better way to create that pace. The the knock on campaign over the last couple of years would be that he is inconsistent, right? And sometimes he's a little out of control. But with inconsistent... The, uh, people always think of inconsistent as like, oh, that means he's consistently bad. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> inconsistent means sometimes he's really good and sometimes he struggles. Two of his best games as a son were in the Western Conference Finals two years ago. They need that performance. He doesn't have to score 28 points or whatever he did in those games. But, he, but they, need camp, they need the campaign who, when he finds out he's starting, tends to play much better basketball. They need that tonight. And maybe it's not by design, but they need it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on that. It's interesting because, Luke, we did not talk about this before the show. We did not talk about this. We're talking specifically, based on Onions, as to what the Suns need to do, in our opinion, of course, to go out and win Game 3, what they need to do. I would put the first three things that we talked about into that top really? three. I would definitely <laughs> have done that yeah. before the show. I, I would have. Disagree. I, I would have said KD's got to be KD. You got to start there. The defense. They got to play defense like they did in game two. They have to come out with the same kind of intent and intensity on the defensive end of the floor, just like they did in game two. And then campaign. Yeah, I think I would have started with those three things. Like I would immediately. Have Do you think we should take this list and hand it to Monty Williams? Right I, I don't think so. No. I think Monty totally understands. He probably doesn't that. want our list. If there was a fourth thing for you, what might it be? Anything? Once again, um, the I, I game mean, I itself, have my answer. Um, I, a player, a scheme. I have it. What? I have my answer. I, I'm not looking at campaign as a bench player tonight. Because he's starting. <laughs> he's going to be running the offense quite a bit. They need somebody off the bench to give them a scoring boost. I'm not looking for 30 points from somebody. Terrence Ross has done that this season. Um, but I'm just, give me double digits. Somebody off the bench, give me double digit points. That's a good one. Too. And I don't, I don't even really care who it is, honestly. Like, we keep talking about it being Terrence Ross or Damian Lee or TJ Warren or somebody. It, it would be nice to have somebody to come in, just hit three threes. Like KCP's doing for for Denver, um, it would be nice to have somebody do that. But if it wants to be Bismack, if he wants to somehow put up twelve or whatever without hitting threes or Landale, whatever, they they need to get some scoring off the bench. What was the stat I read you earlier? Outside of Da uh, Booker, Paul, and Durant, the Suns have gotten thirty two points from the rest of the team. This series, that's still stunning. It's terrifying every time you say it. <laughs> it's terrifying in two games. You've got your core four, and if they're not going to score, you're going to average 16 points a game. It's good math there. Oh, that is so. Considering you did terrifying the situation you're in right Ah! now. It's a Friday afternoon. You've almost lost your tooth. I don't know what four times during the show. Yeah. You've got barbecue in front of you. Barbecue. The fact so that you're doing good. math on the air. Um, the it, naked Q. It would and help. That's not Bayola. No, because you, you paid for it. I paid for it. it. Wolf bought us lunch today. Uh, this is Michael Malone, and you don't love to hear this. You'd like to think Denver, the team, is taking the Suns as lightly as their fans are, but unfortunately Michael Malone doesn't seem to be taking the Suns lightly. The most important thing for me is this. Um, they're not going to give us game three. They're not going to give us game four. They're not going to give us the series. We have to take it. And that's our mindset right now. Come in here and take it because nothing's going to be given to us as we move forward. Oh, okay. He's Well, he's right. <laughs> he's absolutely right. I would have said the four thing for me. Three-point shooting. 
That's, that ties into what I was it, saying. It kind of does. Yeah. There's no doubt. But you were more specific. You were talking about the bench, right? You yeah. were talking about the bench yeah. and somebody coming off the bench and actually scoring double digits. Be nice. how, how dare you? I'd be really excited I mean, if that honestly, <laughs> Can you imagine making that kind of demand? Um, Terrence Ross gets 11 points. I'm ecstatic. 11 points. You've got 11 on the brain for some reason. Well, i got to right stick now, with it I, now. I honestly think I'd love to see the Suns come out and make a concerted effort to shoot more threes and uh, to have a little killer mentality, especially some of the guys that have been passing the ball. Because, look, there's Kevin Durant and there's D. Book. (laughs) I'm really going to take a three when they're out here on the floor with me. Um, I'd like to see guys catch the ball, shoot the ball when given the opportunity. Not hog the ball. <laughs> Not hog no, no. it. Catch, Catch the ball, shoot, shoot the ball. Or move it. When given the opportunity. Should I go hold the barbecue up to that window where the newsroom people are and they're kind of looking in? Should I like knock on the glass like Matt Damon at Goodwill Hunting and be like, do you like apples? Here's one of the more underrated things about barbecue. It's the cornbread when the barbecue sauce is soaking all over that. We're going to break. Bread. We're going to break. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Okay. It happened last night, and it's not the Suns, but the Milwaukee Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer less than two years after he won a championship. I mean, if that's going to happen, are any coaches not named Steve Kerr safe at this point? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns nuggets now. Okay, maybe it wasn't a huge shock to Milwaukee Buck fans. I don't think it was like shocking news yesterday. Shocking. But but it is kind of, I don't know, it's reflective of how crazy the NBA is right now. Mike Budenholzer wins a title less than two years ago. It was yeah. July of 2021. That's when the, that was obviously at the expense of the Suns. The Bucks had a great regular season this year, which means nothing. They bow out in the first round. They bow out in five games, too, to Miami, and he is gone. And it's a big story around the league, certainly. But doesn't it make you think a little bit, Wolf, that nothing is, is set in stone Unless you're winning championships in this league. <laughs> yes. Or in it his does, case, even if you do win a championship. It does, you know, what, what is his winning percentage as a coach? I don't have it in what front of me What would you do right if I now? just knew that off the top I, of my head? I'd be freaked out a little bit I would right there. But I do wonder what you do at, at home when you're alone it's anyway. It's not so, knowing Mike Budenholzer's um, coaching record. Can I, can I just what? What is it? It's So what I'm looking at, it says 69.3%. Okay. That's a pretty good winning percentage. Okay, that's, you know. In a 60% postseason winning percentage. So 693 is a regular season record winning percentage, and then 60% postseason winning percentage. Okay, so what do you what do you make of that, based on means when you hear that? 69% in the regular season and 60% in the postseason. Of course it's more difficult, right? In the postseason. Yeah, of course it's more difficult to win games. You're playing good teams. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, By the way, he's won a championship (laughs) two years ago. Won it not even two years ago, right? 22 months ago. You did the math on that earlier. I mm-hmm. hope you're right on that because I'm repeating it Seems right about now, right. But, you know, it was early July. Um, Maybe it was late June. He's a good coach. Ron Wolfley reporting. How do you fire a guy that is a good coach? Well, let's see. 
Okay, the Warriors won last year. Steve Kerr, he's still there. Yeah. Um, the Bucks won this season before. Mike Budenholzer, out. Lakers won the season before that. Frank Vogel, he's out. Raptors the season before that. Nick Nurse, he's out. Yeah. So the last four years, we've had four different teams win the title, and three of those coach- coaches are already not with those teams. I, I would say all four of those coaches are good coaches. Yeah. All four of them. Frank Vogel. Steve Kerr, of course, we know. Well, yeah. Vogel was a, a good coach. Before. It just it felt like when he was on the Lakers, they were waiting <laughs> for like one loss for LeBron to be like, I have a friend I want to coach the team. Yes, I, I still think Frank Vogel is a good coach. Well, he's got a ring. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> but, you know, once again, too, I think he dealt with a lot of stuff. Yeah. That we'll never know. But once again, I think those are good coaches. Why is that? Why did, Why are NBA co- coaches getting jettisoned so readily in today's NBA? You know, it's crazy, too. Like, I'm just looking through. There's not a lot of times in NBA history where you had four years where four different teams won the title. Like, for the most part, it's like, okay, here's the Warriors. They won it three out of four. Okay, the Lakers, what they won it a couple years. And then years. three of the four coaches got fired. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if, if the league just doesn't totally know how to, to handle the fact that there's there's not a truly great, dominant team. Now, I do think the Warriors are the modern Warriors. version of a dynasty. Man, they have been to the finals six of the last eight years, and they might make it seven of nine <laughs> this year. That- Warriors! Um, That's exactly what the Warriors did last night, too. Well, yeah. But I just, this isn't like the the era where like the Spurs are winning the title every year or Jordan's Bulls are winning the title every year. Even even last year and this year with the Warriors, it has felt wide open, although they may end up winning back to back titles. But I don't know. I don't know if that plays into it or teams are looking around saying that they should be winning more often or what. I'm sure some of it is you have Giannis, Andrew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. You expect to win more than at least one game in the playoffs this year, like they did. But doesn't it make you at least think, like, okay, I just assume Monty Williams is here for as long as he wanted to be here. And I don't think he's getting fired, but if they bow out early again and your team has a new owner, anything is possible. Anything is possible right now when you've got that new owner. The loyalty is not there. The equity, if you will, is not there. Um, a new owner is going to come in and want to put his stamp on the organization. Never forget that, Basinonians. Whether it's the head coach or it's the general manager, if you're if you're the the new owner and you come in and you how much money did he spend on this team? It was billions. It was, yeah, it was a billions. Billion? I think it was four plus billion. Yeah. Okay, and you come in and you buy a team, you're going to want to put your own stamp on that. Like, hey, just uh, you know what the the last owner. You know, we're not living off his laurels. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, think about well, it. Well, what, what makes you say that? Just because within nine hours of him owning the team, he, he pulled off one of the biggest trades in NBA history? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think that probably is something he's going to point to, Matty Ish, and say, aha, see, there's a new sheriff in town right now. But uh, he, it's not his regime, so to speak. You got Monty Williams, who's a great coach by all accounts. James Jones, who I love and think does a great job. I actually think, I think James Jones actually has more of an advantage working with Matty Ish on a daily basis. Yeah. The coach typically is not going to work with 
the owner, the way a general manager is going to work with an owner. Does that make sense? Well, there's a couple things here. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, if the Suns just start winning games again, this is not a conversation that anybody needs to have anytime soon. I, I don't, and I think you're on the same page with me. There's, they could get swept. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider firing money. I would fire money. And, would and, and and before you just go like, well, he doesn't make in-game adjustments. Hey, he does. They don't always work. I feel like they did last game. These guys didn't hit shots last game. But beyond that, look at the players that are here right now that have said. On some level, they're here because of Monty Williams. Like Kevin Durant's here because of Devin Booker. I get it. Yeah. But he's also said he's here because he wants to play for Monty Williams. Yes. Chris Paul, I would say predominantly came here because of Monty Williams. The players believe in this guy. Again, this is not a conversation if they just come back and win the series. And it shouldn't even really be a conversation anyway. But as the rest of the landscape in the NBA is telling you, it might be a conversation if they lose quickly, if this if they're done by early next week. Just because it is a new owner and it's the NBA where it doesn't even matter what you do in the regular season anymore. It's I don't know. Nothing nothing is just set in stone, I would say. Yeah, you know, um also too, let me just say that scapegoats are real basin earnings. They happen. It it's kind of human nature to look at something or somebody and point the spiny, ruddy finger of blame and say, you are the reason why we lost. It's so human to do that. It's Scapegoats are real. Google it, my young crunks. I feel like... The book of Leviticus tells us that, brothers. In the NFL, it's typically the quarterback, right? Oh, it's the quarterback's fault we lost this game. And in the NBA, it does feel like the coach gets it a lot. Yes. It really does. I would hate to see Monty, of all people... Get turned into a scapegoat. I don't think he will. But I don't it's either. Just, with the Budenholzer thing, and you made this point in your email before the show, and, and that's I do think it's worth at least talking about. That's that's a guy who just won the title two years ago, yeah, and is just out. And I don't know. I just win some games. You just win. We come back in the series, and you don't even have to deal with this. But you and I were talking before. Like, what if they don't? What if they don't? What if, what if they're done in the series in four or five games? What's everybody going to be talking about next week? It's going to be, all right, how do you change this team? And when I say everybody, I think I include the owner, too, because he just bought the team. He has shown that he wants to mold it into a winner quickly. Billionaires aren't always patient. That's how they become billionaires and how I end up sitting here with you. And you know what's so weird about it? I have heard Matty Ish talk about James Jones and the job that James Jones has done. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's been complimentary, I would say effusive from time to time. Haven't heard him say much about money. That's just me. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, wow, the show's show's almost over. It's uh, been a busy week around the world of sports. We'll get you caught up on everything with our work week wrap-up next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show. Wolf, I feel like you've been ready for this since mid-Tuesday. Yeah. All right, it's time for the work week. Ready. <laughs> ready, born ready for the end of the week. All right, let's uh, let's start this week where all weeks start on Monday. Monday. Monday, DeAndre Hopkins. Wow, this was this week. DeAndre Hopkins posts on Instagram. Hey, <laughs> who said I wanted to leave? I see everybody tell me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I wanted to leave? I'm 
Oh, it worked. Thanks. That's it. All right, well, that settles it. He's back. Yeah, I don't think so. No, probably not. We're going to see how that shakes out. Ron Wolfley speculating. (laughs) We need a breaking speculation sounder. (laughs) Breaking speculation. Yes. Your call's next. Oh, that'd be great. We should do that. We should give out the number and tell people to call in next segment. Yeah. Because it burns a gambo, and they'd be like, what's going on? Why are all these people calling into our show? That'd be great. Uh, One of these days. Here's Monty Austin Fort on the Dave Pash pod talking about Isaiah Simmons. Now they did not pick up his fifth year option. I wouldn't read anything other than, you know, that that just probably wasn't the best decision for us to do right now just as as a team. You know, we're excited about working with Isaiah. We and we think he's extremely talented and has a lot to offer versatility in our defense, but just right now I think the decision to not pick up that option right now is probably the best for the team right now. See, there it is right there. I agree with the logic behind that. I know that there's a lot of risk involved in that, and you could slide the shorts on and pull them up really tight. But right now, there's just too much uncertainty about how he's going to fit into the scheme that you're going to run and where you're going to put him to begin with. And because of that, I think they're handling it the right way. That's just my opinion. All right. uh, NBA on Monday night. No Joel Embiid, no problem. The Sixers beat the Celtics anyway in game one. Then you had the Suns game, and you had Chris Paul leaving with a groin injury. Here's Monty Williams. Yeah, it just looked like he was boxing out, and um, he just came up where he couldn't push off of it or anything. And so um, we're not quite sure what it is right now, but it seems to be something in the growing area. So we'll find out more tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Just remember, you can't pot a plant with a bad grind. Try it sometime. We'll hear you screaming all the way from the studio. That just does not sound like my idea of a fun time. Uh, the Suns fall to the Nuggets in that game. Kevin Durant afterwards. Yeah, they played better, but there's uh, there's no time for moral victories in the playoffs. There's no moral victories around this time, so uh, just got to watch film, see how we can get better for game three, protect our home floor. On to Tuesday. 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 Okay, well, Sham says, uh, I've already got my answer on Chris Paul, and he's going to be out here for a while. CP3 is going to be out uh, at least one week. That's going to be game three, most likely through game five, if they can get to a game five. Right now, they're down 2-0, so they're going to have to force this series to get extended. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the task in, in, in front of the Suns right now. You're going to have to do this without one of your core four. You know, for me immediately, I, I think we all felt the suck buttermilk of that all. Yet at the same time, I thought of Chris Paul, how that must have felt. Uh, for Chris Paul. I, yeah, I again, can't I even imagine that but, that uh, guy. What is, what is the psychology behind the playoffs in Chris Paul? Where is his brain? Jonathan Gannon joined us on the, on the Wolf and Luke show, talked about the tampering charges with Philadelphia. Obviously, it was a mistake, and we own that. You know, right after the NFC Championship game, Monty had reached out, you know, and congratulated us, and he's been to a couple Super Bowls, so gave me a little heads up of what that looks like, and, you know, basically just said, hey, look, we're going through a coaching search right now, you know, as you know, and didn't know the timing that everything was going to take place, and basically asked if I was interested. You know what, in the immortal words of Jim Carrey, I don't care. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! It's a great. Uh, is that Dumb and Dumber when he's sitting at yes. the? Yes, yeah. <laughs> one of the best lines. I, oh my goodness! They they paid the price. You know, it's funny when you were talking last segment. Vic Fangio was on one of those TVs. It was like a picture of him in front of the Dolphins logo, and all I could think was the Adam Schefter quote from yesterday. And Vic Fangio was just like, "How did I get here? I'm supposed to be in Philadelphia, but everything's been ruined because of one phone call." Yes, I know. Uh, let's see. The Knicks beat beat the Heat to tie their series at one apiece. The Lakers took Game One against the Warriors, one seventeen, one twelve. Huge performance by Anthony Davis. Here's Darvin Ham. You talking about top seventy five players, some of the best players that our league or basketball in general has ever saw um, in its history. And so, uh, again, that's what we expect of him. We know that's what he's capable of. You know, it's great. We needed every bit of all those points and rebounds and block shots. I was hoping he was saying top 75 all time. Saying he's one of the top 75 players in the league right now. Yeah. It's not really a compliment. Um, Darwin, thank you for appearing on the Wolf and Luke show. Next, <laughs> there's Joel Embiid uh, named MVP. It's amazing. Um, it feels good, obviously. Um, that's something that... I dreamed of, and uh, you know, I've always wanted, you know, especially when I started, you know, playing basketball. Uh, that was always the goal. See the video of him sitting there with his teammates when it was announced that he won the MVP? It looked like they looked like a bubble team on Selection Sunday, and it looked like Joel Embiid got announced that he was going to play Duke in the first round or something. What, what does that tell you? What does that tell you when you saw that video? I saw it. I did. What did that tell you when you were looking at that? Uh, you know what With I thought genuine, of? Yes. I, I, I thought of you always saying you don't have to like all your teammates. And I was like, those guys all seem to like their teammates. That's I mean, exactly. Smaller team, but yeah. Boy, I, he must be, based on earnings, he must be an excellent guy. He's an excellent player. We know that. Unbelievable player. And he must be a great teammate as well. Just looking at the response that he got. James Harden. The response that he got from James Harden. I thought that was cool. On to Wednesday. Wednesday. Amiel Sade joined us right before the D-backs game and Brandon Fott making his MLB debut. It's a, it's a great thing for the organization as a whole from, uh, you know, the scouts that, that scouted him and got him in 2020 to the development to uh, obviously to the major league staff. So it's, uh, everyone's really excited and um, and you know we we've been waiting for this day as we usually have uh, we usually do when uh, we have any of these young kids come up. But uh, this one this one's going to be pretty special. Unfortunately, it was not special for Brandon Fogg. He was good through four. And it was the fifth inning where he gave up five. But the D-backs still won the game anyway. Yes. Just went out and got 12 runs. So uh, you're saying it was a learning experience sure for was. Mr. Fogg. Teachable moment. I hate that phrase. Here's Joe Mazzula, Celtics head coach. They went out. They beat the uh, 76ers in game two. They beat them 121-87. to 87. Joe, what have the last 48 hours been like for your team? Angry. Pissed. And did you like that? Did you like their yes. what was going on the last couple of days? Yes. 
So it's been like 96 hours for the Suns by the time we get to tip off tonight. Let's go, Mountaineers. You're not going to sing the song? Let's go, Mountaineers. Thursday. Thursday. Hey, Lamar Jackson officially signed that five-year contract. And Wolf, all he wants to do now is throw for 6,000 yards. Man, I want to throw for like 6,000 yards with the weapons we have. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm, I'm not an individual award type of guy or a stat watcher. You know, I just want to do that, you know, because no one ever done it. And I feel like we have the weapons to do it. <laughs> Might take the under. You might want to do that, too, because nobody thought you'd ever be capable of doing that, right, Lamar? And you're representing yourself. You heard it from a lot of other teams that were out there, right, Lamar? Or some of it. I just thought that was so weird that he, a lot of he weird pointed to that and said, that's what I wanted. I want to go out there and I want to throw for 6,000 yards because nobody's done it. Uh, it's because everyone said you couldn't do it, right, Lamar? Our own John Gambadoro says expect campaign to start for the Suns tonight. Here is campaign. I mean, that definitely gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, but like I said earlier, man, I'm just geeked to be out there. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Uh, I think all the things I do um, is something that I can, I can help my team win, just like back then, uh, my speed and all the things like that. So I just want to come just make sure I'm ready. That's it. Confidence level. That's what I question right there. We're going to see it. Guys, guys tonight, we're, we're going to see the confidence level of campaign and where that's at. Let's hope things go well early for him. Would you say your prediction is pain? Pain. Uh, Warriors, they bounce back in a big way against the late. Now at this point, you got to keep. You only got a minute left in the week. You got to keep your tooth for one more minute. Uh, Warriors knocked off the Lakers by 27 last night. Over the head bounce pass up top for Wiggins. Zips it to the right side. Steph Curry for three. Everything's coming up. Warriors here in the third quarter. 78. Friday. On the Friday. Colts releasing Nick Foles. I don't even know why that's in here. It's my team. It's my quarterback. You realize you end your week each week by just making noises? I just want to say thank you to all parties involved. For somehow, someway, ending the week of broadcast, the Wolf and Luke Show. With Metallica. I want to say thanks to you for buying us all barbecue. That's it. We got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports league.